For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Amen. Open your Bibles with me to the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 28, and this is where Jesus is going to raise Lazarus from the dead, the one that he loved, and he's gotten to Bethany where they are at. And Martha has ran out to meet him. Mary, his other sister, stayed in the house. And Jesus is on his way to meet Lazarus, to raise Lazarus from the dead. Now, they did not realize that yet. We do because we have the entire word of God, praise the Lord, that we can dig into. But this was happening in real time, in real life to them. So they did know, as many times me and you do not know what God is going to do next. But I can tell you this, when you trust him, when you trust him with your life, you have peace in your heart, a peace that passes all understanding. So in John chapter 11, verse 28, the Bible says, and when she had said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly saying, the master has come, calleth for thee. As soon as she had heard that she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet coming to the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her. And when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her saying, she goeth unto the grave to weep. And so the the Jews that were there trying to comfort Mary in the house, they were trying to comfort her. Why? Because her brother had died. She was sad. She was crying. And so here they're trying to comfort her. Now you got to remember, they didn't like Jesus. They didn't want nothing to do with Jesus. And here they're comforting Mary. But when her sister came to her secretly, she jumped up and she ran. She wanted to see Jesus. And so Jesus... Jesus met Martha and Mary outside the village of Bethany. The Jews did not know he was near, since Martha's announcement of the fact to Mary had been kept secret, but they're going to meet Jesus. Amen. Verse 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Now, in, in the previous verses, Martha had done the same thing, told Jesus the same thing. Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Oh, how often me and you feel that way. Lord, where were you at? 
Lord, why didn't you show up? Lord, I asked for you. I waited for you. I wanted you to show up. And if you would have just been here, this wouldn't have happened. But listen to me. God's timing is perfect. God's delays are not God's denials. God knows when to show up. And just like here, he heard that Lazarus was in the grave and he waited two more days before he headed that way, before he went to see those, this family, Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Why? Because there'll be no denying it, that it was Jesus that stepped in and done it. Hey, when God does that, he does it for a perfect reason because he wants you to know that it's him. It's all him. You couldn't have done it if you wanted to. You couldn't have pulled it off with all your friends and all your connections and all your money. You know only God could have done it. And here when Mary, she fell down at the Savior's feet, the verse says in verse 32, it may have been an act of worship. She may have just fell down by an act of worship. Or it may have been that she was just overcome with grief and sadness and hurt and pain and here is the one that she truly loves jesus and she just couldn't hold it back anymore it just come out or it could have been both worshiping jesus and just overcome with grief and just just like martha like i said she uttered those words if you'd just been here if you would have just been here and all the while jesus is knowing he's knowing that, hey, I'm going to show you a miracle much mightier than if I had just been here. If I had just kept him from dying, no, I'm going to raise him from the dead. I'm going to breathe life back into his body. Verse 33, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. To see Mary and her friends in sorrow, in hurt, in pain caused Jesus to groan and to be troubled. And hey, you ask yourself, does God care? Does God even care when I'm crying, when I've asked him to show up and he's not there? Yes, he cares. He groans when you hurt. When one of his little children hurt, it hurts him. He groans. If you're a parent, you listen to me. If something hurts your kid, it hurts you 10 times worse. Why? Because that's a piece of you. They belong to you. That's yours. It'll tear your heart out to see your child hurt and suffer. And you'll do everything you can to stop it. So I, you ask, does, does God really care? Absolutely, he cares and here Jesus has sorrow. He's grown in his spirit. And so Dallas, he thought of all the sadness when he looked upon him. All the sadness and the suffering and the death that, hum, that had come into the world as a result of man's sin. And this caused Jesus to inwardly grief because it was not so from the beginning. But because of Adam and his sin, he brought sin into the world and death passed upon all men, the Bible says. Verse 34, John chapter 11 and verse 34. And said, where have ye laid him? Jesus said. They said unto him, Lord, come and see. And then Jesus wept. Can I just say, if you've ever had some hurt, pain there's nothing wrong with you crying there's nothing wrong with being sad there's nothing wrong with letting it out and i know there'll be some christians that say well you shouldn't hurt you shouldn't cry you shouldn't cry for them there one but no there's still a lot of earthly hurt that goes on and even jesus himself wept 
about Lazarus dying, about seeing all the people that he cared about, the people that he loved were, was hurting, and he wanted to fix that. He wanted to heal that. Just like if your child was hurting, you'd do anything you could to put a stop to it. Amen? And so the fact that Jesus wept was an evidence of his true humanity. He was fully human, yet fully God at the same time. You say fully explain that. I can't. I can't fully explain that, but I can fully believe it. Amen. Like, can I just share something with you? You do not have to fully understand everything in the Bible to fully believe it. And it's simply put as this. I don't understand everything about the oxygen that I breathe, but I fully believe that I have to have it in my lungs to live. I don't fully understand the, how the, I eat the food and my body turns it into muscle and energy, but I fully believe that I have to have it in order to survive. So you don't have to fully understand every detail. You just have to believe it. And that's what faith is all about. Hey, I don't understand it. I don't know why, but I fully believe it. I fully trust God. Why? Because he wants the absolute best for me, for my life, and for my family. And here Jesus wept. He cried. The fact that Jesus wept in the presence of death shows it is not, it is not improper for Christians to weep or to cry when their loved ones are taken. However, however, the glorious of the gospel is Christians do not have to sorrow as others sorrow with no hope. No, sir, no, ma'am. We have that blessed assurance, that blessed hope that we'll see them again, that we'll walk with them, we'll talk with them, we'll tell them that they're our own. They'll put our, we'll put our arm around them, amen? We'll go stand before God and talk to the Lord with them. We'll have fellowship with them. Hey, we have that blessed assurance, that hope. We as Christians are not like others that have absolutely no hope. Why? Because there is nobody else that raised themselves from the dead like Jesus did. Jesus raised himself from the dead. And that same power that was in Jesus, hey, if you're born again, if you're saved, lives within you. And it has the power to raise you from the dead at the sound of the trumpet when Jesus comes back. Amen. And forever, we so shall forever be with the Lord. And I so look forward to to that day. I don't look forward to death, but I do look forward to being with my Savior, to, to being with God, to getting, to getting to kneel at His throne as the river of life flows from the throne of God. Amen. Don't you look forward to being there? And yes, there's some awesome and mighty things in heaven. I mean, streets of gold, walls of jasper, sea of crystal, gates of pearl. I mean, just beautiful things that you could never even imagine. But those aren't the great things. The great thing about heaven is being in the presence of a thrice holy God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And here they are, they are actually in the presence of God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. And here Jesus is, and he's crying. He's weeping. The one that has the power to speak everything into existence, the sun, the sea, the moon, the stars, he is weeping. He is grieved in his spirit to see his children hurting. Verse 36 then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. Even the Jews, even the worldly people, even the people that hated Jesus could see 
how much Jesus loved him. That's exactly what they said. Then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. He loved him greatly. And can I just tell you this? He loves you greatly, personally. And here are the Jews, one thing they didn't realize, they were, they were exactly correct talking about Jesus and how much he loved Lazarus. But you know what they didn't realize? They didn't realize how much Jesus truly loved them too. How deep his love was for them. If they could just understand that. Oh, how they would accept him as their savior. You see, Jesus loved even his enemies. Even the soldier that nailed him to the cross, Jesus would forgive him. He did on the cross after they beat him and they nailed it to him and they had him up there and they had a sign. They were trying to mock him or they were. And he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Even then, at that moment, Jesus forgave them. And so here these Jews were saying, behold, how he loved him. Yes, he loved Lazarus, but he loved them just as much if they would just realize who he truly was. And I ask you, have you realized who Jesus truly is? He is God in the flesh. Verse 37, and some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not die? If you remember, Jesus healed the blind man. And the Jews were very mad because he did it on the Sabbath day. I mean, they were mad. How dare you heal this man, this blind man? They did everything they could to ridicule him. They even went and got the blind man's parents and said, Hey, is this really your son? Was he really born blind? How did this happen? And they didn't want to answer because they didn't want to be cast out of the synagogue. They put it back on their son. He's grown. Ask him. That, and that's what they're talking about. Couldn't, if Jesus could heal that man's blind, couldn't he have stopped this man from dying? But can I just say, sometimes Jesus will allow things to happen. And I'm not saying he causes bad because he doesn't. But he can use something bad to make something glorious come out of it. He can take a tragedy and turn it into a triumph. Amen. He most certainly can. He can take that and use it for good. And Romans 8, 28 tells you that for all things, he can work for good, not for my good, not for your good, but for his good, for his glory, for his honor, for his kingdom. He can take that and mold that problem. Hey, and he's going to use it for you too, but he's going to use it to grow the kingdom of God, because I can I just say, when, even when your family member dies and you still glorify God and say, I still trust them, I promise you other people see that. When you're laying on your deathbed and you're taking your last breath and you say, I trust the Lord, I love him, and I'm going to be with him, I promise you, your family sees that, amen, and they will never forget it. Because when a person's dying, you see, all the money in the world doesn't matter, all the power in the world doesn't matter, but where you have your faith and trust means everything. Make sure it's in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so verse 38, Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Verse 39, Jesus said, take ye away the stone, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days, four days 
he's been dead. And hey, Jesus in this verse commanded the onlookers to take away the stone from the mouth of the grave. And, and Jesus could have easily done this by himself, just by the spoken word, rolled that stone away. But no, he had them do that. God does not ordinarily do for men what they can do for themselves. Why? Because you'll give yourself the glory. But God will do something for you that only God could do, and you'll know that only God could do it. Amen? Why? Because he'll get the glory out of it. He's the only one that deserves it. Not me and not you. But here, and then Martha expressed the horror. Are you kidding me? Jesus, he's been dead for four days. Do you know how bad he stinks? Oh my goodness, he's been in there. We better not do that. But Jesus said, step aside. Roll the stone away. So apparently no attempt had been made to embalm the body of Lazarus. I believe it was custom back then to bury him on the same day. And listen to me, the fact that Lazarus was in the grave for four days was very important. This is why. There was no possibility of him being asleep or passed out or in a coma. And all the Jews knew, they knew that he was dead. There was no question he was dead. So when you read back through the story, you wonder, well, why in the world did Jesus wait two extra days to go towards Lazarus? This is why, because he wanted them to know for a fact when he shows up that he was truly dead. It wasn't a mistake, no sir, no ma'am, and that they were going to see the greatest miracle that they could possibly see at that time. They were going to see a dead man come forth out of the grave that had been in there for four days. And they even knew, they even knew that he's already started to rot. He's already started to decompose. His sister said, he stinks. Hey, what about your problem? You tell Jesus, you can't do nothing with that. It's been around forever. I, I, I've tried to mess with that. And that problem stinks. I can't do nothing with it. And Jesus said, if you'll step aside, if you will get out of the way and let me handle it, and what, just trust me. Just step out of the way and trust me. Let go of the wheel. Let me have control. You can't do nothing with it anyways, except for worry about it and make a mess of it. Amen. Give it to Jesus. And we worry and we worry. And the Bible says, which of you can add one cubit to his stature by worrying? You, you can't add a quarter inch to your stature by worrying, but yet we still do it. Why? It's our human nature. We've got to learn. We've got to give it to God, that's what he wants. He wants that problem. He said, take my yoke upon you, for my burden is easy and my load is light, amen? He wants your problems. Verse 40, Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Hear what he said, said I unto thee, if you would believe, you, you'd see the glory of of God. Now I want you to notice in this verse, it's in a particular order. And the order is this. The, the word believe comes first. And the word see comes after. So you, if you want to see, you must believe first. In other words. And that's what Jesus is saying. Didn't I tell you, if you would just believe, you would see? And the same is true in your life. You want God to intervene? You want God to get a hold of your son? You want God to step into your career? You want God to open up doors? Hey, believe that God's going to show up. 
at that time, and then you'll see it. Amen. It is as if the Lord Jesus had said, if you will just believe, you will see, Martha. You will definitely see. But you've got to believe. The Bible says in Hebrews, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Hey, Jesus wanted God's name to be glorified in the resurrection of Lazarus. You know what Jesus wants when he comes to your problem? He wants the glory. He wants you to give him the glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for hearing me. Thank you for being there for me. Why? Because he's the only one that deserves it. He said, thank you, Lord. And here Jesus is, gives us that example. He said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me he, he's even thanking him for just listening to me amen can i just say with all the things in the world we should definitely thank god for for just listening to us why because we're so sinful and we're so full of faults but yet god almighty the maker of heaven and earth the moon and the stars the sun and the sea he wants to hear from you and so we should thank him for that just like jesus did verse 42 and i knew that thou hast thou hurst me always because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Jesus always acted in perfect obedience to God the Father. And so here again we see we have the essential union of God the Father and the Lord Jesus. And we should follow that perfect example to stay and walk in God's will. And why did Jesus say that? That those there that stand by might believe why does god want you to glorify him that those by you might believe when they see something in your life and they say there's no way you did that there's no way that happened you know you give god the glory and they will see it and they will believe amen verse 43 and when he thus had spoken he cried with a loud voice lazarus come forth you know, this is one of the few instances in the New Testament where the Lord Jesus is said to have cried with a loud voice. Some have suggested that if he had not mentioned Lazarus by name, all the dead people on earth would have rose. And they very well might have because Jesus' words are the most powerful. And so he called him by name, specifically Lazarus. Come forth. You know what's going to happen when Jesus shows up to your problem? He's going to call you by name, specifically you. He's going to pin you out. Hey, you, come here. We're going to fix this problem right here and right now, and I'm going to show you a glorious miracle in your life. Verse 44, and he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saying to him, loose him and let him go. And you wonder, well, how did he come out of the grave if he was bound up? I don't know if the man hopped out, if he crawled out, if he walked out. It doesn't matter, but he came out. Why? Because Jesus called him by name. Can I just say, when Jesus calls you, you need to come. And listen to me, if you're not saved, Jesus is calling you. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Do you know that you're not promised tomorrow? I'm not promised through the night. 
I may not make it through the night. My heart may stop. I may take my last breath. But praise be to God, I have faith that I can. I know that I'll be with the Lord in a moment. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. How do I do that? By repenting of your sins, asking for forgiveness, turning from them, and putting your faith in the work that Jesus did on the cross, how he died on the cross, but how he arose again on that third day. The Bible says that he beat death, hell, and the grave, and that he's coming again. The trumpet's going to sound. Make sure that you have trusted him. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries Radio Broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.